What's up guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today we're continuing in the book of Numbers, looking at chapter 3 and 4. And at this point we are still talking about the numbers, so to speak, of the Israelites. So chapter 3 talks about the sons of Aaron and the duties, the responsibilities of the Levites, the people in uh, the tribe of Levi, which was the priestly tribe. And if you remember, Aaron was the first high priest and his family were going to be the ones that were going to be the priests in the land. So chapter 3 is about that. Also, we see something interesting. Uh, it's called the redemption of the firstborn. And that's where you're supposed to give a sacrifice or, or a little token um, offering to God for your firstborn. And now you might say, well, why, why is that? Is it just like a voluntary offering you're supposed to do? Well, there's more backstory behind this. The redemption of the firstborn was a gift you were supposed to give for, like, let's say you have a, a firstborn child, okay? You're, when you have your first kid, you're supposed to offer this gift to God, and it gives different offerings that you could give to God. And the reason is because God said, the firstborn Israelites, they are mine. They belong to me. Just kind of like the first fruits of the land you should give to God, the firstborns belong to me. Now, not every firstborn is going to be a priest. And actually, how it was going to be set up at the beginning was the firstborns were going to make up the priest's family. But what happened was in the book of Exodus, we see the Levites, they stand up and they obey God. And God says, I want you guys to be my priests now. So from then on, the firstborns basically gave a price of redemption. Like they are buying back their their freedom, so to speak. Not really freedom, but they're buying back their life to do other things where initially the plan was for them to be in the service of God. So um, that's an interesting thing. We also see Jesus in his lifetime when his mother and father take him to the temple. He actually has to give a price of the firstborn, not him, but his parents do that. So that's chapter three of the book of Numbers. Chapter four talks about the, the different duties that the different priestly families had. So there's four guys that were kind of the big um, chief leaders of the Levites, not including Aaron and his son. So one of them's name is Kohath. The other one is Gershon and the other is Merari. So these three guys have three big families. And what we see here in chapter four is the description of what they were going to do and um, a little bit about their numbering. We see that at the end of the chapter. But ultimately, God's giving specific instructions. I want this family to do this. Uh, take a census of the, uh, the the sons of Gershon, the sons of Merari, and the sons of Kohath. So that's basically what we see here in the book of Numbers. The Israelites are numbered and described, and a couple of ceremonies are described too. So that's our Old Testament reading today. In the New Testament, we're finishing Mark chapter 3. Mark 3 this section starts with people accusing Jesus of using Satan to cast out demons. Or another way of putting it, they were saying Jesus was a messenger of Satan. Now, if you were in the crowd when someone accused Jesus of being a messenger of Satan, what would you think about that? The first time you heard that, what would you think? You'd probably be shocked. Uh, but Jesus responds not so much with shock, but he makes an argument that says that doesn't make sense. Think about that. Really, Satan is going to come to earth to show his power by removing his influence from people. Really? That's like a, a house divided against itself. There's no way that's going to work out. Satan is not doing that. I'm not working for Satan. And he says for the people that accuse him of this, he says there's a certain sin that you're not going to be forgiven of. 
this total rejection of me is not going to be forgiven. So that's what he talks about there. He calls it the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Then I think one of the most encouraging sections that we've read so far in the Gospel of Mark comes here at the end. Uh, Verse 31, it says his brothers and his mother were outside of the house that he was in. Um, They were outside and they called in and the crowd was sitting around him and said, hey, your mom's here. Hey, your brothers are here. They're waiting outside. They're looking for you. And again, at this point, if you were in the crowd, you would expect Jesus to say, okay, yeah, I'll be right there. Sorry, guys. I got to go talk to my family. But that's not what he does. He says... He looks around and looks at the crowd and he says, who are my, who are, who are my mother and my brothers? That's a confusing thing grammatically, but he's saying basically, who's my family? Who's my real family? All right. Well, his family was outside. Verse 34 says, and looking at those who sat around him, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. He says, if you're going to be a person who does God's will, that's what Jesus does. And the cool thing is for us, even though we weren't sitting in that house around Jesus at that point, it says the one who does the will of God, he is my mother and my sister and my brother. So that means that if we're doing what God says and we're obeying God and really um, we're recognizing the truth of the gospel of Mark, which is we need to turn to Jesus who came to seek and save the lost. Right? Once we recognize that, And once we recognize that we need to turn from our sins and trust in Jesus, once we start obeying God and doing what God says, Jesus says something cool about us. He says, you are, you're my brother and my sister and my mother if you do what I say. Uh, He says it like this in John chapter 15, verse 14. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So just know that that relationship with Jesus is interesting because he says we are like in a family with him because we're obeying God. So those who obey God, we're like we're like a family because we are connected with the same Father and we're serving the same God. So everyone who trusts in Jesus and is serving Christ today and is obeying God, we're a family. So that's an important takeaway from this Bible reading. Hopefully that encourages you. Um, whether you've got a big family or a small biological family, you have a big family if you're serving God together. So we'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot. Thank you.